You do you want to do do you want to do wild speculation? Wild speculation. Wild uh, unfounded speculation. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do it? Ready, but like, are you excited? I I don't have any speculation, but sure. Is it Ben Affleck or Christian Bale? The Batman. Hi, I'm Xander. And I'm Kim. And this is Geek Primecast. So today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Titans. We talk about a lot in these podcasts, so you're going to hear some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode, go watch it. Come back, we'll be right here. But if you have, let's get into it. Let's just go over really quick what happened in this episode. There's a bunch. It's The stories are starting to really pick up a bit more, starting to intersect a bit. So what... What was the main story? The episode starts off with Starfire continuing to track Rachel, even though she doesn't really know why. And then the nuclear family who has Rachel, if you saw the last episode, they successfully were able to kidnap Rachel. They stop at this rest stop, and that's where Starfire kind of catches up with them after sort of finding all these clues at Rachel's house. She basically annihilates Dad, so Dad's gone. And then Starfire rescues Rachel, and they head for the convent, which is something that Starfire learned about when she went to visit Rachel's house. While they're on this road trip, they make a couple of stops along the way, and Starfire and Rachel sort of get to know each other, which is a very interesting, very nice relationship forming between the two of them. Rachel is kind of in awe of Starfire, and Starfire continues to prove herself as this sort of badass, powerful woman for Rachel to look up to that it doesn't seem like Rachel's had in her life. So that's kind of the relationship that blossoms between them. We get to the convent, and we don't just learn about Rachel's past. So Rachel and her mother have been there, actually, when Rachel was a baby, is is what this nun explains to them. And we also learn a little bit about Starfire's past as well, because the nun had also encountered Starfire, and Starfire had said something to the nun about her mission to find Rachel, but didn't really give too, too much detail. So this nun, she seems happy She's to see Rachel. She seems trustworthy, but there's also something a little off about her. So it turns out that she drugs Rachel, makes her go to sleep. Rachel wakes up, just sort of tied down to this gurney, and they wheel her into this room that appears to be sort of hidden away or locked away, and it's underground, and, and lock Rachel in there. So while Rachel's locked up in this room, she kind of has a freak out. She has a demonic exorcist-like freak out and basically like explodes whatever part of the convent she was being contained in and, and escapes. So that's the whole start to finish Starfire Rachel story that's going on. So what about Dick Grayson? What's going on with Dick in this episode? First off, the nuclear family, what's left of them, goes home to Dr. Shanner and just go visit Dr. Well, Shanner. we assume they go home since we assume that Dr. Shanner built them. Well, we go, they go to their home base, which is Dr. Shanner's I loft, that home. loft apartment. Okay. Hey, I would want that loft apartment to be my home. That was a pretty nice place. It was a very nice place. So they go home. Dr. Shanner's clearly very upset that they failed to bring Rachel back to him. I assume he wanted to, he wanted them to take her somewhere and we assume it's to wherever his home base is and also that he has poison candies yeah that was weird that was that was very creepy but he also is obsessed with 
Rachel's father, who were, they're not saying yet, but is probably the demon Trigon, as he is in the comics. And he can only be brought into the world if she brings him in. So it's that that Rachel storyline is going to keep playing out. Back to Dick Grayson. So Dick is on his mission to try and recover Rachel, try and get her back. He doesn't know about Starfire. He doesn't know what her deal is. So he just assumes that she's must be a bad guy at first. And she does steal his car at one point. But we do find out that his partner, Amy Rohrbach, was not beaten up by the nuclear family. She was killed. So I really thought she was going to have a longer storyline, but apparently they just wanted to have her there to get murdered. Hawk and Dove also appear briefly in this episode. It kind of felt like they were just there to say, look, Dove survived for now. She's in the hospital. I don't know if they're going to be bringing them back in or if they're just out of commission for good now. But a lot of Dick's storyline was told through flashbacks. We saw him as a kid just after his parents had died, his early days at Wayne Manor, and there was a, a lot of... A lot of rebellious stuff with him. He almost felt very Jason Todd. Yeah, so we we talked about this after the episode. I was like, I was like, can you remind me if Dick Grayson was this rebellious in the comic books? Because I I don't and remember I think, that. I think there were times that he talked to Tim Drake about his time, his early days as Robin, and talked about being a bit rebellious, but. I don't think it ever went to the level that we have in Titans. And though they're not going full Jason Todd with him because there's a sadness to his rebelliousness, whereas Jason Todd had a very fiery anger. And I mean, we'll see that at some point because there is an episode of Titans called Jason Todd and they've released promo pictures of Dick meeting Jason. So you know we will we'll see how we'll see how Jason Todd they make Jason Todd but but we did get to see a lot of of Dick rebelling and Dick showing the beginnings of being Robin his acrobatic escape from Wayne Manor his first night there we got to overhear Bruce and Alfred talking about Dick we saw Bruce leaving Dick a letter saying there's a better way I can help you here so we really we're really seeing the the origins of Robin, but we're also it's kind of a bookend to his rebellious F Batman nature now with his rebellious nature back when he was first at Wayne Manor. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of a neat little little bookend there and maybe as we see the flashbacks of his time there progressing we'll see his relationship start to warm with Batman. What were your favorite parts of this episode? So definitely, hands down, there's the diner scene. I mean, just Starfire's scenes in general. She's definitely a scene stealer. She is incredible, and there's just something about her. But I- I'm I'm a little bit in Rachel's camp right now that I'm kind of in awe of her, and I'm, I'm kind of in awe of her, like, is this PG-rated, this podcast? I can edit it. Oh, take no... Crap, I guess. Is that is that PG rated? <laughs> that was very PG. Okay. She has this like take no crap 
attitude. And then so they're in this diner and this dude comes in and he just is bullying everyone in the diner. He seems to have some history with the waitress that that appears abusive in some way. And Starfire picks up on that. And so she just basically is like under the guise of, hey, you're, you know, holding up my meal basically uses it as a as a opening to kick the crap out of him and that was just an awesome scene and and watching you know Rachel realize that like you know Starfire is this badass like I I really like seeing that and then I have one more which was the thing that I was waiting for that was a little disappointed wasn't in the last episode because Beast Boy just disappeared. You know, we see him for three seconds at the end of episode one and then he doesn't he come got back his video for game. episode He's been two. off playing his video game. Yeah, I get, that, that must thing. have been it. But Beast Boy and Raven meet each other while Raven's playing pinball at the second pit stop. It's a very eventful road trip that they're <laughs> yeah. on. So they stop at this bowling alley slash arcade place. Well, because that's where the key... That oh, Starfire found, it opened a locker at that roller rink. While they're there, Raven conveniently orders some food and, and forces them to stay and stick around. And she goes to play pinball and she runs into Beast Boy. And, and I, I know I was a big fan of the Raven-Beast Boy relationship in, in Teen Titans. So I I can't wait to, to see... It's, it's just really fun seeing it flourish for the first time, seeing it happen and seeing the origins of this relationship. I know for a fact that they're going to meet each other again, and, and I'm excited for that episode. So so that was just, it's just really cute, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And who doesn't love a good little teen romance? My favorite part was, and I have it in the notes as back of Batman's head, but the creeping Batman that we're seeing, we're slowly, we're hearing Batman's voice very vaguely. We're seeing him, him it, well, him as a child in paintings. We're seeing him from the back. So Batman is definitely creeping around in Titans. And I think, I think they might actually show him at some point, maybe this season, just based on how they started off just referencing him and now suddenly we've heard his voice and we've seen the back of his head. It's, you know, it's really, he's creeping in there pretty hard. It's going to be hard to avoid, especially if we meet Jason Todd. It's going to be hard to avoid Batman. What I love that Greg Berlanti does is he's so precious about Batman. He hints at Batman. He hints at all of these things around Batman, but he doesn't ever fully give us Batman. And... A lot of, I don't know how other people feel about it, but I know I myself think that this is a really fun game. Actually, you're right, because if you think about Arrow is a huge hint at Batman. They're even bringing in Batwoman, but Arrow, the first two or three seasons were blatantly Batman storylines. The end of season one, when Malcolm Merlin creates that earthquake, even though in the comics it wasn't man-made, that was basically the No Man's Land storyline. Rachel Ghoul is a, a Batman villain, a huge yeah. Batman villain. Oliver and Nissa's relationship is essentially Bruce and Talia. Roz chooses Oliver to be his successor. There's there's all sorts of Batman storylines there. In Supergirl, someone in one of the early episodes when when Supergirl's saving the city from something says, "I'm moving back to Gotham." They keep he keeps referencing it 
Or yeah. he keeps encouraging references to it at least. Yeah. But not ever. Sh- and this is the closest we've gotten to seeing in the Berlantiverse. I, I think he's doing such an incredible job with all these shows. Oh, he's doing a great job. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, say what you want about the, the you know, DC cinematic universe. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot to say there. Yeah, but if there's one person who really nailed it, I think Greg Berlanti is is doing DC fans a favor by bringing bringing our favorite characters and our favorite stories to life the right way. Let's go back to some questions. So, why is Starfire been looking for Raven? Did we get an answer in this episode? Uh, yes and no. So. I mean, she kind of said it. You think it. yes? Well, she kind of said it in that she was like, you know, when she's, there's a scene in the storage facility with with Dick where they see all her clues pinned up to the wall and they're following in there. That nice putting little everything. beautiful mind arrangement she had going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. I've never it. seen anyone actually do something like that, but in real life. I don't think anyone life, actually does that. I don't know what the utility is of pinning something up and having the strings, the strings going back and forth rather than just... Having a file, yeah, or something laid out on a table. Like technically, your brain is the strings, so you don't really need the strings. Yeah. But sure, but but she said it herself. It's Raven somehow is 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 the apocalypse. She's bringing about the end of the world somehow. Which apparently Doctor Shaner is trying to help with. Yeah, I, I don't. That's my big question: is why does Doctor Shanner want to bring around the end? Well, I guess. Well, he said because he because people are fake. It's he's doing the the Holden Caulfield thing. People are fakers. People are phonies. And and when Trigon comes, he will tear away all the phoniness and expose everyone for who they really are. You know, he yeah. he just he got picked last for volleyball, and that's totally it. Yeah, you know, um, he's sad about it. I can relate. I got picked last all the time in sports. I play in a basketball league now, and I literally got picked last. I get how it is. I don't want Trigon to come and melt everyone's faces and emotions away. Yeah. I think it's a little extreme, but something something's up with Raven that Starfire doesn't know the, the specifics of, but she knows that it, it means the end of the world and... and Starfire being the superhero that she is, was just trying to stop the end of the world, like all superheroes. I'm interested to see how she finds it. Well, I guess she kind of is starting to find out that she's an alien, because I don't think she or Dick are dumb enough to think that what was written in her storage unit is human language. She clearly knows it. She clearly can speak it and remember it. So it's, it's one of those, we erased all the... All the personal details from your memory, but all the all the long term functions are still there, and you can still do all this and that. And she clearly also knows about her her solar uh, her solar powers because she was able to fry uh, fry Papa Papa Nuke at the at the gas station. So she she knows she has powers. She knows she has powers. She knows, she knows how, to, how use to use them. Yeah. She knows that she speaks in what's obvious was obviously an alien language. So it's. At this point, it's just filling the blanks, but I wonder when she's going to figure out the rest of the blanks. Yeah. What do you think the nuns are all about? Why Why did that nun lock Rachel up? Is it just because she's like, Rachel's evil and I'm a nun and this is how this works? Or I don't know. I, yeah. I think I thought at first that the nuns were going to super betray them in like, terms of 
like they were going to like the nun seemed almost too nice. So I thought she was going to turn out to be working for Dr. Shaner or something like that. But it turns out she just was like really nice and but also wanted to lock Rachel away. Yeah. And we all have to make sacrifices apparently and Rachel's sacrifice is being locked in a room. Yeah, Rachel basically blew up the side of the convent and escaped, so where do you think she's going? Into the woods. <laughs> well, does she have, like, a destination in mind? I don't or? think so. I think she's just running, and she's heading into the woods. Mm-hmm. And at that, at this point, we have now reached what we think for the next episode, because they showed some of it in the, uh, in the teaser at the end. Oh. Nice. So let's go, into the, let's go into the next episode where... You clearly didn't pay attention. I was not paying attention to the teaser. Well, they showed that Rachel, there, uh, there's a voiceover of of I forget if it was if it was Dick or or Corey, but one of them was talking about how Rachel's in danger, and what they were showing at the time was Rachel facing this tiger in the woods that we clearly know is Beast, Beast Boy. Boy. Yeah. So. Rachel and Beast Boy, they're going to meet again, maybe have more significant conversation. My question for next episode is, is Beast Boy going to get more than 70 seconds on screen? Because so far we've he's gone from a scene with no lines to a scene with lines. Next episode he's going to get a scene with lines and a scene with no lines. Are we just going to ease in and every episode he's going to get one more scene and the next episode is going to get one more set of lines. Yeah. Poor Ryan Potter. He's not getting, I know. He's not getting any love right now. Well, what's hysterical is if you watch the They need to Titans- do a whole episode based on him at this point. They owe him that much at least. Yeah. Well, what's hysterical is if you watch the Teen Titans cartoon, he has like the most lines. He like doesn't shut up. Like he's constantly cracking yeah. jokes. And and so it's just really funny that... Um, that he has like no lines right now. Like he is, he's not. He's yeah. Like maybe we'll make up for that by by just giving him all the lines. I was gonna like say I maybe said. this is a joke or a build up or something that like you know all of a sudden there's gonna be an episode where like oh my god shut up Beast Boy. Yeah, like I said, they they owe him a, a whole episode. So who do you think? Who else do you think from the Teen Titans are we gonna meet? Is Cyborg gonna show up? I, I is Terra gonna show up? I like Cyborg. I hope so. I don't know. I guess my money would be on Cyborg. Cyborg? Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Anyone we're missing? Donna Troy's clearly going to show up at some point since Dick knows who Donna is. I don't know. I'm... I don't know if they're going to keep trying to build the Titans or if we're going to... I'm wondering at what point we start to see... Or are we just going to do the core four? Or I wonder at what point... Maybe we build the Titans after Dick becomes Nightwing. Do we? Maybe. Yeah, because right now he's still Robin. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, Robin is part of Teen Titans. Well, in the, in the cartoon, isn't it Tim Drake in Teen Titans Go? Isn't that remember. Tim Drake? I can't remember. I think it might be Tim Drake. Yeah. How about this? Here we go. You Do you want to do, do, do wild speculation? Wild speculation. Wild, uh, unfounded speculation. You ready? Yeah, okay. Do you want to do it? Ready, but like, Are you excited? I, I don't have any speculation, but sure. Is it Ben Affleck or Christian Bale? The Batman? Mm. Oh, uh, Teen Titans Go, Robin is Tim Drake. Yeah, see? So there you go. So 
Um, so we'll probably wait until he starts to become Nightwing. Maybe Val Especially Kilmer. If... <laughs> <laughs> it's Val Kilmer, well, Batman. Well, at that point, you may as well make it George Clooney. That's true. I mean, the clone has nothing to do. He's just hanging out. Amal's out there fighting for fighting for justice, fighting for human rights. George hasn't been doing much except from Nespresso commercials. That's true. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we haven't mentioned him yet because he he is my favorite Batman for many reasons. George but Clooney. No, no, we haven't mentioned oh. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. He's Michael, Michael I mean, Keaton. and I mean that very seriously. Michael Keaton is the best Batman, the best live-action Batman. It's a real toss. It's a real coin flip between him and Kevin Conroy for best Batman ever. But because the two of them know one specific thing about the character of Batman and have shown it with the char- with the way they portray their Batman characters that no other Batman actor has ever been able to do. That's for another podcast, though. Yeah. So... There you go, tease. So, here's... Okay, like I said, I... Going back to my who's... Which other teen titan... Or who else are we going to meet? So, the core of the, the the Teen Titans cartoon... there's It's not the core four, it's the five, actually. It's Cyborg, Robin... Well, yeah, Cyborg. I'm saying core yeah. four because right now they just have the four of them that they've shown us. Yeah, so they have to show a Cyborg soon. That rounds out the five and... And then everybody else is a bonus. Okay. So you think they're going to give us Cyborg? I mean, they have to. They gave us Hawk and Dove for no good reason. So, I mean, no offense to them. And that was a lovely episode and a lovely storyline. But they they gave us Hawk and Dove for no good reason. And I know there are a bunch of people on the internet that were like, why? Was it really that lovely? Hawk was kind of a roided out monster. He's supposed to be. I know. It's character accurate. But we are all wondering why that happened before we... Met everybody, basically. So, so yeah, I mean, Cyborg has to be next. I think, I, all right, if we're placing bets, I think we see Donna Troy before we see Cyborg. Okay. Just because we've seen her name already and potentially a picture. Okay. Unless they're changing Barbara Gordon and that's Barbara Gordon in that picture and she doesn't have red hair. Ooh. Super spoiler. Unpopular move. Yeah. <laughs> Are you are you pro red hair Barbara Gordon or are you pro brunette Barbara Gordon? I'm pro blonde stabby Babs Barbara Gordon. Oh, well that that technically that's just Barbara Kane. That's true. That's Jim Gordon's wife. His daughter is Barbara Gordon. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, but they're both blondes. They're blonde. Both of them, the the actors. Yes. That play Barbara and and Jim on yeah. that show. So the chances of them having a having a redhead. I don't know. I'm not a geneticist. Red, red but is I, actually slim. isn't red two recessive red genes have to come together. I guess. I don't know. Are we are we gonna science here? I don't know. Are we I, gonna jump into science already? No, okay, red I'm pro redhead. Redhead Barbara <laughs> Gordon. That is my vote. Okay. All right, that's it for this week. We'll come back to you with another Titans podcast after the next episode airs, and we actually get to see Raven and Beast Boy interact, and Kim will have feelings on that. But until then, I'm Xander. I'm Kim. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and we will catch you later.